I do a lot of walking now because I'm old. So something. It's okay. It's good. Are you speed walking? Mm, not really. Those ass just walking. Side just tracking side? my steps. You gotta move those ass cheeks, man. Side to side. They better start doing like you know defensive basketball drills on my house, moving side to side. Side to side. <laughs> do like the coaches used to tell us and like oh. bounce up and down. You know. Yeah, man. Stay on your toes. Yeah, but down in one floor. spot. Yeah, make sure your back is straight. Yep. You could. Doing your I basement. Told my, I told myself this summer I was going to do the whole like um, high interval, you know, training at a soccer field or something. Uh huh. Yeah, not happening. Uh huh. Then you remember you had a baby? Yeah, basically. <laughs> not allowed to go do anything ever again. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the baby daddy, Iceman himself, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Doing well. No appearance by Zoe today, though, unfortunately. Sorry, gentlemen. Yo, we might as well just call this off, Raj. I don't want to be here. I'll go get her if you want. No, no. You let her sleep or eat or whatever she's doing. You you let the baby rest. All right, that's fair. The, the banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, Rajan Walia. You know you what? Uh, I think we're going to have a lot less insightful comments coming from Josh today. Uh, he doesn't have the prodigy herself. <laughs> <laughs> the prodigy. I like She's that. She's the daddy whisperer, I guess you could say, right? Oh, my God. Is she the chosen one like LeBron? <laughs> she might be. Wow. LeBron wasn't chosen until he was 14. What if she's chosen at birth? Is the WNBA version of LeBron Candace Parker? Or Sue Bird, maybe? So maybe, maybe she can be the next Candace Parker? Maybe, yeah, maybe Sue Bird. Diana Taurasi is like the is MJ. That's true. So That's I don't true. know. It depends who you think is the second best uh, WNBA player of all time. Just not that 6'10 girl, whatever her name is. Grinder. <laughs> Brittany Grinder. <laughs> yeah. Grinder. <laughs> oh my God. This guy's so disrespectful. Yeah. Can't, oh, Lisa, Lisa Leslie? Leslie? How could we forget? Yeah, she was solid. She was like Shaq, though, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was a monster. She was the first woman to dunk in the in the game. Yeah, I mean, seeing as I'm five foot five, my wife is like four feet tall. <laughs> she's gonna be a Lisa Leslie. <laughs> oh man, is there a female version of Muggsy Bogues? Because that. <laughs> Sue Bird. Yeah, Sue Bird's pretty good. Rock with Sue Bird. I don't know how tall she is, but it sounds right. <laughs> She's entertaining enough on other podcasts. I'm cool with it. Exactly. Anyways, guys, let's continue our over-unders. Last week, we did the Eastern Conference. This week, we'll do the West, naturally. And at the top of the West, it's a two-team tie. Raj, you can start this one off. The Utah Jazz sitting at 52.5 wins. They going over this? Uh, yeah, I think Utah definitely goes over. They're a team that plays really well at home. They've solidified their bench and players that I think will work really well with them. And honestly, I, I think they probably end up winning closer to 56, 57 wins. So uh, I'm behind this Utah Jazz team in the regular season. Do we think that Utah takes a turn like Milwaukee did last year and becomes more of a playoff team and then conserves their energy in the regular season? Uh that's tough, but but I think the thing is the Jazz play really well at home, and they have a system. Obviously, the Bucks had a system as well, but 
Um, I, I still think um, Quinn Snyder is going to end up playing his top guys, top minutes. I don't think it was a coaching issue. Uh, I think it's just getting more experience and having those players who can support the way they want to play because they added a, a few interesting pieces in, over the offseason. Yeah, I mean, they added Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, um, Pascal as well from Golden State. So they have a bit more depth, and Rudy Gay is going to help a lot in the playoffs, I think, especially especially if they finally decide in a series like the one that they played against the Clippers that Rudy Gobert can't play against certain uh, matchups, right? But the Jazz, besides Mike Conley, haven't really um, sat these guys out throughout the course of the regular season. So maybe this is the year they finally start doing that. And conserving the energy of um, Mitchell, especially who had ankle injuries in the playoffs, and uh, you know Gobert is pretty durable, so maybe you don't have to do it as much with him. But at least you now have a backup that can eat minutes and be productive, even though his production often hasn't led to wins. We're we're really going to talk about Hassan Whiteside as if he's going to be productive for them, as if Derek Favors wasn't productive enough. I mean, when Whiteside starts, he's always putting up 15, 14, and 6, even though their team loses by 20 every game. But, <laughs> you know, if you're Utah and you're competing against a bunch of teams that might be stuck in the middle where, you know, they might win between 48 and 52 games, like maybe at the end of the year you can, you know, not tank a bunch of games, but at least sit these guys out and let them rest for the playoffs. So I think I still think it's going to be over, but I think it's going to be closer than what Raj described. Yeah. I'm, what? Like you think they're going to get 54, 55 or like, are they going to get closer to 60? 53, 54. I think their, their plan is going to be more so based towards the playoffs this year. And I think they're going to chill in a lot of games in the regular season this year. Yeah. It sounds like because of uh, Donovan Mitchell's injury during the playoffs too, like they got to slow him down, right? Like I think they're, Hopefully they finally learned that, you know, we can't run Donovan Mitchell 35, 36 minutes every game and expect him to be healthy in the playoffs. There's no point, right? If you're going to be the top tier in the West, you're going to be a title contender. You know, if this was 20 years ago, yeah, you run your guys out every game like it's their last game. But now you got to be tactical with your shit. And, you know, we talked about Milwaukee last week especially, but if you can let your guys chill during games, let them chill. If you can smoke a team by 30 and then have your guys not play the fourth quarter, do that, right? You you might not have to sit your guys straight up, but if you can just crush a team like the Rockets or the Kings or the Spurs, just crush them right out the gate and then have your guys hanging out for a quarter, a quarter and a half, yeah, hell yeah. That's the best That's the best route. Uh, in terms of over-under, I'm thinking around 54, 55 as well, so... It looks like a straight over for everybody. And how? just out of curiosity, how far do you guys think this team makes it? Like, quick answers. Second round, third round, this time around? I think this year they're going to probably end up making it to the Western Conference Finals. I think they added the right amount of depth. I think they may actually make a move at the trade deadline as well. Um, I think their window is obviously uh, a few years I, I i don't think they're going to be able to keep this whole core together for the next four or five years so i, I think they're going to make it to the conference finals whether they make it farther than that that's a whole nother story and uh, obviously if gobert or mitchell gets injured that that changes everything i think after this year their window is closed to be honest i mean mike conley's going to be one year older who knows if he survives the season without you know major injury since he's been injured throughout the last few years 
Boyan Bogdanovich is getting older. He's, what, 31, 32 years old. Joe Ingles might retire after the season, you know, based on his family being at home in Australia and such. And I think his contract expires too. So they've got a lot of question marks after the season. And I think that they, as you mentioned, they just need to go for it at the trade deadline and do whatever they have to do to get the necessary depth that can actually play in the playoffs. But I do agree that they're probably going to be a Western Conference final team this year because the West is it's deep, but it's not as deep at the top. Yeah, I mean, adding Rudy Gay tends to excel your team. So I'm in on this. I like the Rudy Gay move. Next up, Josh, your favorite team, your favorite point guard in the league, the Los Angeles Lakers, baby, also sitting at 52 and a half wins. Uh, there's got to be some Lakers homerism going on with this line, right? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, this team is going to take a while to get acclimated, and nobody really knows what their starting lineup is going to be. I mean, you can guess, but they have a lot of bit parts, I guess you could say. And if I had to guess, I think Trevor Reese is probably going to start. Um, and then they're going to play DeAndre Jordan at center, I guess, to start out and have Dwight Howard backing him up and try to save AD's body throughout the regular season. I mean, ultimately in the playoffs, AD is going to be the center, I think. But, uh, you know, to conserve his body, I think that those guys will be playing minutes, which ultimately you would think is going to bring your win total down, especially having DeAndre Jordan play between 15 and 20 minutes a game. Now that he's a corpse. So <laughs> my initial thoughts are they're probably going to go under. Okay, I have a question for you guys. You're You're looking at like five minutes left in the game. It's crunch time and... You know, you're let's say you're down three. Who do you have actually like playing in this game in the like a regular season game? We're talking like, let's say end of April, right? So there's seeding implications involved. So you know the game kind of matters. It's not some random game in January. I'm assuming you you have Rondo or uh, Westbrook at the one. Who's your two guard? Taylor Horton Tucker or Malik Monk? Wayne Ellington, Bazemore. <sighs> I, I think a lot of people think that... I mean, for me, I think it's Ariza. I think is going to be the, the guy. Two? Let's play a big lineup. Why not? Wow, okay. I think okay. in closing lineups, though, like, AD's probably going to play the five. LeBron's going to play the four. Ariza's going to play probably the three. And then, honestly, like, I'm a Malik Monk guy. So, I think he's mm-hmm. going to have a big year with him trying to prove himself and get a big contract playing off this year. And being a guy that can just spot up and knock down shots with LeBron. Like, maybe he turns it into the next J.R. Smith. I don't see why not. I mean, he was compared to him in the in the draft process. And he showed flashes <laughs> last year, especially. Like, he had a bunch of 20-plus point games in a row. He had a couple 30-point yep. games, too. I like Malik Monk. But defensively, he's a train wreck, obviously. But so are the rest of the guys you're going to play, too. Like, Wayne Ellington's also a corpse on defense. Kendrick Nunn is all right, <laughs> but he's more of a one. So, yeah. I don't know. I think he's a good defender. Yeah. He's, but he's, he can't shoot for shit. Yeah. Unless I mean, he has stuff around him. You know, it'd be funny if they played Westbrook and Rondo together. Oh, that oh would be amazing. God. The perimeter shooting, that's like having Steph and Clay, but the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in the first part of the year, there's going to be games where, like, you know, Westbrook's off the ball and teams are just loading up on LeBron and AD. And there's going to be so many talk shows and so many question marks about, oh, can you play Westbrook on the wing with LeBron and AD? Is this trade a complete disaster? You know that's going to happen in the first part of the year. So they have a lot to figure out, which again leads me to believe that they're going to be in the under. Wow. 
Also, no Carmelo Anthony love, man. Carmelo Anthony's going to close out games, guys. I'm just saying. Peter, you're on to something. This is the LeBron <laughs> banana boat team. Um, it's going to be Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron playing the four, Ariza at the three. Or, oh, sorry, Melo at the three, Ariza <laughs> at the two, and Westbrook. Like, yeah. LeBron is, I don't know what he was doing this summer or him and Rob Holinka. Like, they're probably playing NBA 2K14, and they're like, yo, if we get these guys, like, our team rating will be incredible like you know what we'll have finesse we'll have like five yeah we'll have all stars and no no you go five hall of famers on the floor right you play dwight howard at center oh true and you know what like i I think then you unlock the cheat codes and you get the like uh what's that thing called in uh, game breaker nba street game breakers (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh that's gold man this this roster is literally a great roster in 2014. Like this is like an all star team roster in 2014. But not, flash forward lying. seven years, yeah, flash forward seven years, and half these players don't even know how to spell the word defense, um, let alone play it. So, um, it, it, yeah, this is it, this is going to be a problem for them. I think, uh, interestingly enough, Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. Uh, and getting back to your question, they're going to heavy under. Uh, I, I still think they'll end up being like a top four or five seed, but they're probably going to get around 48, 49 wins. I think Anthony Davis is the key priority. They're going to rest him a lot. And LeBron can't carry this load of guys and still score like the likes of the NBA wants him to score 110, 120 points. So uh, I think they end up winning 48, 49 games, but that's mostly because Anthony Davis will sit. Wow, calling the Lakers in a less than fifty win team is, whew, that's hot, man. That's that's hot. I gotta give them. Uh, I think they're gonna hover around fifty or fifty one wins. Being a contender and not getting fifty wins in an eighty two game season is insane. You know what? I'm gonna go full underachieving mode. I'm gonna say that they win. Wow, forty six games, and they're gonna be like the sixth seed in the West. Because, again, you know, they have to figure things out with the chemistry. But then, again, you as Raj mentioned, there's going to be a bunch of games that guys like AD and LeBron sit out. And, yes, Westbrook can, you know, carry the team in certain scenarios with that. I'm also interested to see, like, who's going to get the rebounds on this team. There's so many guys that, like, average 10-plus rebounds a game or near that with LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. Is Westbrook still going to try to steal rebounds from these guys? Or are they going to allow him to do oh. that? It's going to be interesting. Is water wet? Is water wet? <laughs> you think LeBron and Westbrook are gonna like hit heads going for rebounds at times? No, 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 no. LeBron only picks up ten. Like LeBron's gonna get eight rebounds because that's all he cares about. LeBron doesn't like triple doubles. Haven't you noticed? He just likes getting his eight and then he chills. I will say though, this team is going to be a great rebounding team. <laughs> so that's one thing they have with them. <laughs> They're gonna be incredible. Imagine a big lineup. Like, imagine if Vogel just gets bored one day and runs Jordan, Howard, and Davis all at once. LeBron playing point and, say, Melo at the two. Just, it would be like the Nuggets in the bubble all over again when they ran all forwards. Yeah. Yeah, but they can't guard the perimeter. Like, imagine just being able to play a team that has two or three shooters. You know what? It's not even that hard. You just face guard these guys. Unless you have guys who run the off the ball like Steph, eh, I think these guys can defend like decently well. They were all good defenders, other than DeAndre Jordan. 
That team is also never going to score. <laughs> well, LeBron might just pull up. LeBron's going to do that thing where he just like pretends to walk away, board, and then just pull up. This is going to be a yeah. real test, though, for Vogel, you know, showing his act or his uh, coaching chops because he's been a great defensive coach so far, but this is going to be his biggest test so far with all these guys <laughs> that are coming in on minimum contracts who are bad defensive players, plus Westbrook, who's a disaster. And then you have LeBron trying to relax throughout the course of the regular season, AD possibly missing games. So I don't think you're going to see the same, you know, first place defensive team throughout most of the year last year. And if that's the case, then their, their offense has to take another step up, which is probably going to happen since they have so many options on offense. But will that even out to where they are a top three seed? I'm going to say no. Damn. Okay. Okay. I guess we're all going under on this one. Next up. Uh, I think I guess I'll hit this one real quick. The Phoenix Suns, uh, NBA finalists. I guess that's what we're gonna call them. Runners up. Josh, your boy Chris Paul resigned. Why, why are you asking that in a form of a question? They are NBA finalists. What is going on? <laughs> no, uh, sorry. I I, I meant. Does that like, really uh, count? I, don't, I just didn't know what to call them. Sorry, that, that's my bad. That's I, I'm just not good at this English thing. That's my fault. Uh, your other boy CP Cameron Payne also resigns. Javale McGee. Being brought in as a veteran experience. I love that move. Abdel Nader, who... Yo, this guy didn't play much in the playoffs or during the year. But for some reason, people really like Abdel Nader. Uh, maybe someone can get into that later. Because I, I don't really understand. And of course, my boy Alfred Payton comes to the team. So the, the Phoenix Suns are sitting at 51.5 wins. I'm going over on this. Like, this should be an easy over for this team. Like, at most, they lost Javon Carter and Tory Craig. I'm expecting them to run it back. Book's going to get better. Chris Paul is going to chill more and set up eight, continually set up Aiton. Chilling on more than 51.5 wins, man. Yeah, I mean, going back to the whole you know Utah Jazz thing, this could be another team where they focus more on the playoffs and you know decide to rest a lot of their guys throughout the course of the season. Because if this team plays together for a good amount of time, you would think that they easily over this amount of games. Um, so I'm definitely going to say over as well. Um, with the caveat of, again, them resting players, especially with CP. But at least you have Cameron Payne behind him. And he's he showed a lot in the playoffs, especially. And they somehow got him on a three-year, $18 million contract, which still makes no sense to me. Who did Phoenix add this summer? Like, we talked about the players that have left, but uh, obviously JaVale McGee, but who else? Uh, they added Landry Shamit as well. And Alfred Payton. Okay. This one's a pick em, I think. I don't think they go way over. I, I think because of what Josh mentioned, CP3, they're really going to try to conserve him. And uh, as far as I still know, uh, Devin Booker is dating a Kardashian. So you never know how that season's going to end up. <laughs> um, but but truth be told, this team's on, on the ascendancy. They They still need to have a few consistent seasons, regular seasons. Um, so they're a little behind the track of the Utah Jazz. I kind of disagree with Josh. I think they really just want to continue to put good performances. This is the last, this last season was the first time they made the playoffs and they made it to the finals. Like it, they don't want to be a one hit wonder. I still think they put most of it into, uh, the regular season. So I'm going to join the crew and, uh, go with the over here. I think they get like 53 wins. There's also a thought that teams are going to be more prepared for them and they weren't last year because they were a bit of a surprise team. But at the same time, teams that win in the regular season, they have an identity and they play good defense. And this team has both of those things. 
And even if a few players do sit out, you're expecting internal growth with a lot of these guys. Like Mikel Bridges is probably going to get better. It depends if they decide to, you know, to include him more in the offense this year or if he's just going to be a guy in the wing that you know works off everyone else, which I think is probably going to be the case. Will DeAndre Aiden take another step up or is he just going to be like the Jamal Murray of centers and just destroying the playoffs and chilling the regular season? <laughs> um, and then, you know, a guy like Jalen Smith, like nobody's really talking about him. I mean, he's a rookie last year, barely even played and they had no center behind Aiden the entire year. So they're going to focus more on getting him minutes. So maybe he's ready come playoff time because he's an intriguing player at least. He's six foot ten, he can shoot threes, play a little bit of defense, but he obviously wasn't ready last year, so... It's going to be interesting to see if they decide to give him more minutes or let Javel run free. Wild is he the free. one with the uh, the goggles? Yeah, Jalen Smith. Yeah, <laughs> he could easily be a fan favorite if he plays hard with those goggles, like and hits a few threes. So I'm rooting for him. Everybody loves the goggles, man. All right, next up we have the Dallas Mavericks sitting at 48 and a half wins. Raj, what do you think? Oh, I'm I'm. I'm taking the under. I don't know why. I just can't get behind this Dallas team. I love me some Luka Magic. I, I think they've made some moves that have helped their team overall, but I, I think they're still missing a bit of secondary scoring. And obviously, um, Hardaway Jr. has provided that. I, th- I still think he'll be ha- have a productive year. But just getting 49 wins in the West with their current roster, I think it's going to be a bit challenging. I don't think they're going to go way under. I think they'll hit like 47, 46 maybe. So I'm going under. I will take the over. I think there's going to be a honeymoon period. I think Jason Kidd's going to make it work between Doncic and Porzingis. I think Porzingis is going to have a massive year. Uh, Jalen Brunson's going into a year where he can be, you know, contract extension eligible as well. And he's going to be playing for millions upon millions of dollars. And I like the fit of Reggie Bullock in that lineup. I like Bullock overall, even if he's a bench piece. I'm not sure who they're going to start exactly. I'm assuming that he's probably going to start with Doncic as well. And I think over the course of the regular season, especially come playoff time, I think Brunson's probably the key to this team. And them potentially becoming like a better version of themselves. His last playoffs, he was absolute garbage. And he's the type of player that could swing them from being like a first round team to potentially being in the second or third rounds if he becomes like a Fred Van Vliet level of player. And I think he's got that type of potential too. Um, you know, Hardaway is going to be Hardaway. Some teams is going to be shooting seven threes off the dribble and doing all kinds of step backs. Some games he's going to hit zero. So I, I like the overall depth of this team. And I think there is going to be a honeymoon period where everyone thinks, oh yeah, Jason King can coach again. But <laughs> next year might be a whole different story if they come back with the same sort of roster and they only make the first or second round. But for this year, I like their roster. You guys are forgetting. They brought in who might be like the next big uh, pick and roll center, Moses Brown, over the offseason. Mr. This kid is going to feed. Yeah, he's going to feed off of Luka, man. Also, oh God. on that point, what we're forgetting is Goran Dragic might be a Maverick before the season starts, and then you mm-hmm. would think that that would give them an extra boost, and then Moses Brown will probably be on the Raptors at that point. So I'll be very happy with that. Okay, well, I'm going with the roster as is. I think so, you have to factor no, in trades, though. Don't kill my Moses point. This is another team <laughs> like Utah, right, where they're trying to go for it right now, and they're trying to do everything in their power to make sure that Luka knows that they're trying to win now. So this is a team looking for another... I wouldn't say potential star based on what they have to offer, but 
another guy that can t- contribute towards winning. And if they get Dragic for, if you believe the Bleacher Report reports, nothing. If they somehow buy him <laughs> out, then this team can definitely take another step up. Yeah, I find it highly unlikely that the Raptors will just buy out Goran Dragic. Very yeah, unlikely. They're... They they know that some teams want him and and honestly that that's besides the point. I think the the Mavericks personally. I, I think the current roster, I, especially with the new coaching, I think Rick Carlisle actually let Luca um, be one of the best versions of himself. Even if there was rumors that it wasn't a perfect fit, um, I think we saw the best of Luka Doncic. I think he can still perform, but I I think Jason Kidd's going to have to figure out how to get the best out of KP. What did oh you just my say? goodness. We've seen the best of Luka Doncic. He's like 20 pounds overweight. Imagine once he gets in shape. <laughs> no, but I do, like how much better shape. can he play? Like how much better can he play? Oh, he can play much better. Like look at his free throw shooting. Look at his step back three percentage. And, and yeah, you know, if you get a better roster around him, something. then he's going to be shooting more spot up shots yeah. too. And he's a good shooter. It just he's not consistent enough in the regular season anyway. No, no, but but that's exactly it. I think it's not him that's the issue. It's the team. And then when I look at this roster, I don't think that. Oh no, my but God! You you're said that Luka, Luka Doncic could not get better. That's that's your words. Yes, I I said we've seen the best. Like I think we're not going to see him put up the same numbers. Maybe they win more. Maybe they win championships. But I don't think he's going to have as big of an influence as he did in the past season with Rick Carlisle. I think Rick Carlisle didn't hold him back. I don't think. Rick Carlisle was putting any big restrictions on him or that. I think Luka Doncic as an individual player had the biggest impact he probably will have in his whole career individually. And we've seen the best of that individual performance. I think as a team, they have ways to go. I I can see you saying that numbers wise, because numbers wise, he was insane. But impact wise, there's no way this is the best it's going to be. No Yeah, because winning is the number one impact. But But I'm saying overall, like, I think uh, maybe I misspoke a little in the sense that we might see him achieve more team-wise, but I think individually we've seen the best numbers that Luca will put up. There you go. That's I agree so, with that. But so what we had is the Russell Westbrook situation with Billy Donovan, basically, right? Like yes, high, high usage rate, do whatever you want out there, uh, and just do your, like run the team however you want. That's what you think Carlisle did with Luca last year. Well, I think given the roster, and I think Jason Kidd it will struggle a little. I think the talent is there, but the, the key thing with the Mavericks is I don't think they have enough versatile pieces. I think you have KP, who plays a lot of offense, no defense. I think you have um, Jalen Brunson, who's an excellent piece off the bench, but you still need uh, like another one or two dedicated starters that can give you some offense and some good level defense. Obviously... They got really good production out of Finney Smith. Um, and uh, he's a player that stepped up and hopefully takes another leap. But if you look at this team, like look at their roster, you have Luka Doncic and Finney Smith as the guaranteed starters. KP is obviously a guaranteed starter, but you lose a lot on defense with him. Um, and who else would you say that would start on a championship quality team? I think they're building their roster around him a lot like uh, the Cavs built their rosters around LeBron, like when in his early years anyway, when they found out, you know, LeBron plus four shooters equals playoff success and equals success in general. And I think Chris Stapps is obviously the biggest key for them this year. 
his defensive impact. Because when he was with the Knicks in his first year with the Mavericks, he was very good on defense. And last year, he was a shell of himself. Um, but the other question with the over-under is um, how much, as you mentioned, like how much control does kid give Luka Doncic? And if he tries to hold back some of the reins from him, um, how far into the season does Luka just say, you know, F this, I'm doing my thing. And that can cause locker room tension. And maybe that'll be good for them because maybe then uh, Jason Kidd will lock everyone inside um, the gym at that point and make Luka Doncic run 300 suicides. And maybe he'll lose the weight that he needs to. Wait, you think (laughs) NBA players practice during the year, Josh? Have you heard the stories about Jason Kidd and practices with Milwaukee? Yeah, that's when they had no one there to tell him no. That's a different situation, man. That's before Giannis was this Giannis. Actually, you know what? Jared Dudley is now on the Mavericks staff. So I guess he would be the guy to hold Jason Kidd back, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. I'm going uh, a slight over on this. 48 and a half. I'm gonna, like, I think 49 is achievable. I think 50 is achievable for this team. But I, I think we've spent way too long on the on the Mavs. I'm I'm down for this team because I like KP. I still think he's got a lot left, and I think like the combination could be there. He's just got to get out of his own head. You know what? Let me just give me one more point. I'm gonna say the Mavericks are going to be the number one seed in the West this year. Okay, now Josh, this is where Zoe needs to come in and replace you. <laughs> hey, I said Phoenix would be a top like, three like this, seed like the, last year. Was I right about most, that? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you throw enough darts at the board, one will hit the bullseye. Doesn't mean you're a good at predicting. You know what? Uh, you had a good thirty minutes here, and now we need the real deal. Whew. First seed. Okay. On that note, let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. Josh, bringing in Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, couple of young guys. Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bjelica, bringing back Finals MVP Andre Iguodala. And uh, your favorite Fred Van Vliet impersonator, Chris Chioza. They're sitting at 48 and a half wins, man. What do you think? I didn't even know Chioza was on the team, so that's going to up their win total by a couple games, obviously. Um, <laughs> what was the total, sorry? 48 and a half wins for the Golden State Oh, Warriors. way under. Way <laughs> under. I mean, Clay Thompson is supposed to come back at Christmas. And you have two rookies coming in who are probably not going to play at all. I mean, Moody might play a little bit because he can fill the role being a 3 and D guy. Kaminga is probably not going to be very happy, uh, you know, in the G League for most of the year. But that's probably ultimately the best <laughs> place for him. Um, I mean, he he's really raw. Like, he's not going to play that much this year. And if he does, then the Warriors are going to be in trouble. And then obviously you're counting on Steph Curry to play as many games as he did last year. And carry a load that is insane obviously with you know Draymond mm-hmm. not really producing anything on the offensive end besides <laughs> throwing his little you know chip passes to to Steph Curry off screens and getting his fake assists so <laughs> I don't know this this team is going way under like this team is going to be like around a play-in game type of team but they're going to be extremely dangerous if they make the playoffs and Clay Thompson looks at you know at least 80% of what he was I can't believe you think the cum bucket belongs in the G League. <laughs> See, I was trying not to say it. I was trying not to say it. <laughs> but uh, you Come know on, what? Uh, you just came straight out. Yeah. And just, you didn't even like make any references <laughs> yeah. to it. Just boom. There it is. Come on, man. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, when Josh was talking about Steph Curry's load and and then I, I just... Uh, <laughs> the load he's going to have to carry. My goodness. <laughs> 
But uh, in all honesty, the, the Warriors are a team that it'll be better to judge them in terms of their success in the last 20 games compared to the first half of the season because obviously Clay is a huge piece. Um, I think, personally, I think they're a better team than they were in the last two years, of course. I think they've actually established a few good bench pieces that are going to be effective. I think Bielitsa is a nice addition. Uh, he gives them a component uh, of inside play that they never had in the last two years as an established kind of big man that can have some post moves, that can stretch the floor. Um, and personally, I think this team will be, like Josh mentioned, probably a play-in team, maybe an eight seed. Um, but I, I think overall 42, 43 wins, so I'm going to go under. Yeah, under sounds about right. Um, Raj, I just want to ask you, uh, during the 2019 finals, Clay got hit in the air by Danny Green, goes out with a ACL? MCL mm-hmm. tear? ACL. ACL tear. Uh, was on track to come back last last year, right? Like, And then uh, I think it was during training camp or just before training camp, tore his Achilles. So this dude hasn't played in a real NBA game in two years, right? Yeah, over yep. two years at this point, because it was June 2019. So it'll be two and a half years since he's played in a, in a full NBA game. Why Why do we think that Clay can just magically come back and be like, and be Clay that we knew from 2018, 2019? I, I think the the defensive aspect is probably the bigger challenge just because his explosion, his ability to pivot and change directions will be limited. I think the one benefit for Clay is he he relies on his athleticism like all NBA players do, but less so than uh, some other players. And uh, he has such a good shooting technique that I think people are just very hopeful. And of course, when you have Andrew Wiggins or Clay Thompson, you would take Clay Thompson taking those open shots because Steph gets so much attention. Um, so I think he's going to have an impact. I think the key thing for the Warriors is they need to temper expectations. Like they shouldn't, even if they come out and have a good start to the season, like Clay should be playing maximum two games a week uh, for the first month. Like they shouldn't be playing him more than two games a week. And then maybe. Um, in the second month that he's back, play three games a week, then two games a week, and slowly work him up because a lot of his um, conditioning will be go- going down regardless of how much training he goes through and practice and so forth. Yeah, and I think that um, ultimately their number comes down to their overall depth and how much you believe in Otto Porter and James Wiseman because those guys <laughs> are going to play a lot of minutes. And, you know, the lineup with Toscano Anderson and Draymond Green in the front court actually produced pretty well for them, especially later in the year. So if their depth can balance things out throughout the course of the regular season, then they're still not going to hit this number. There's no way they're going to hit this number. What am I saying? <laughs> this number is so juice. This is like the ultimate under. Oh, I will bet money on this it. one. Oh, I'm definitely going to hit the hit the books after this. Moving on, guys. I got to go back to my... My Denver Nuggets with reigning MVP Nikola Jokic, bringing in uh, one of our favorite, our favorite uncles of the league, Josh Jeff Green, coming into this Nuggets team, bringing back Austin Rivers, who had an incredible playoff run, and by incredible I mean like two or three games, but it was very impressive nonetheless. Will Barton and Jamichael Green coming back, and they drafted Bones Highland. I just wanted to throw out his name, Bones. It's a sick team, man. Uh, the big knock here, as I think everyone should note, is Jamal Murray won't be here for the first few months. 
I mean, I think he's on track to come back in March? Maybe April? Like, sometime later in the season. And even then, like any other major like knee injury, I'm not expecting him to come back anywhere close to 100%. So, with all that being said, do I think Nikola Jokic can turn this random team into a 47.5 win team? I think they're just under. I think they're around 45 this year, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peter, I... I... Couldn't have said it better. I'm not going to talk about your team because obviously I don't want to lower your expectations or break your heart again. But uh, I think not having Jamal Murray is a huge down, like a step backwards for this organization. And ultimately, I think their window was really last year. I think this year, a few teams are probably going to have better overall uh, regular seasons in them. I think Denver still can be dangerous depending on how, what condition Jamal Murray comes back in. Um, but again, they have a huge home court advantage. I, I think they go just under, I think, 44, 45. I think they'll just be a bit better than the Warriors. You're both wrong. They're well, going over. 100% wow. over. Michael Porter Jr. is playing for a massive contract. He's going to be great this upcoming season. The Nuggets have good camaraderie, good chemistry. They have a system in place, and they have a star player with a top five player who never gets injured and plays in every single game. And they have good coaching. So they know exactly what system they want to run every night, which is huge in the regular season. They can fill in at basically every single position. They're going into the season healthy besides Murray. Like you're getting Dozier back as well. You're getting Will Barton, you know, at 100%. Even Austin Rivers is probably going to be like an 11th man, which is great. And you know they brought in Jeff Green too is going to fit in seamlessly. So I like this team, and I think they're also a dark horse um, championship contender, just like they were last year. I think Ooh. a lot of people were talking about them as a championship contender if Murray was healthy because they just they didn't Absolutely. lose with that lineup. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, I mean if he goes into the playoffs looking pretty good and you know having at least 15 games under his belt, I might bet the Nuggets to win the championship this year. Well, wow. Okay. 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 Like yeah. Uh, Josh okay is sipping this. on some, some Kool Aid. I don't know. Must be on the Hennessy. Yeah, like uh, the Mavs number one seed. Nice product. The placement. Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, the the Nuggets. The Nuggets end up winning the NBA championship. Like, oh my god. Hey, it probably would have happened last year if you're going to be honest with yourself. Like, if Murray was healthy, absolutely. And the way he plays in the playoffs and the lineup that they put together. Damn right. They lost what one game with him when they were when they when they made that trade with Aaron Gordon. I think they were yeah. like nine and one or something like that. So, damn right, he would have crushed Chris Paul, man. Fuck Chris Paul, Josh. I was referring to playing the Bucks, but uh, yeah. Yo, you gotta beat Phoenix to get there. Come on now. Moving on, <laughs> the Los Angeles Clippers, Raj, sitting at forty-four and a half wins. Obviously, the major news with the Clippers is that. We're not going to see Kawhi Leonard for most or all of this year. I'm pretty sure until the playoffs at the earliest. Uh, I mean, they didn't really bring anyone in. Oh, they got your boy Eric Bledsoe, so you can be happy about that. They brought in Justice Winslow. You can kind of be happy about that. I don't know, man. 44 and a half wins seems kind of tough to me. You know what? Eric Bledsoe, again, is probably a negative two win total. Um, for this <laughs> roster, that's what he probably brings because he's probably going to end up playing a few minutes and uh, those will be unproductive minutes. But he does fit into the culture there um, in the sense that maybe he's a like-for-like like replacement for Pat Beverly, very limited on offense, but can give you some very good defensive production. 
Uh, I think the interesting thing will be having Paul George have another year kind of like he did with Indiana where he had a lot of good pieces around and um, but he was the only superstar and seeing how far he can bring them again. But now he's playing in the West. Uh, I I personally think this team is probably going to be a 44 win team. Uh, they will make the playoffs. I think there's enough talent here and this might be ultimately good for the Clippers because their role players will actually get a chance to get some real meaningful minutes in the regular season. So I, I'm going to take the, uh, the slight under, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the slight under just 44 wins. I am going way under. The Clippers are not going to make the playoffs and are not going to be in the play-in game either. Have we seen their wow. roster? Like, if Paul George misses wow. any games, they are screwed. And he's not going to play all 82 games. He's not Nikola Jokic, right? <laughs> and will Reggie Jackson be that guy, you know, Mr. October come, you know, regular season? I, I don't really think so. So I think ultimately their, their season really comes down to Terrence Mann's development. And I, I do see a lot of Jimmy Butler and Terrence Mann, to be honest, like with how he mm. broke out last year and how he plays mm. on defense, how hard he plays, his shots improving too. They have the same sort of timeline throughout the course of their, you know, their careers. Like nobody thought Jimmy Butler was anything when he first came up either. And Terrence Mann took a massive step last year. So... I don't know. I, I I don't think they're... I like their depth overall. Like, a lot of their guys that they brought in, like Justice Winslow and Harry Giles. I've always been a massive fan of Harry Giles, obviously. Um, but... <laughs> what the hell? I like Harry Giles. Like, he was a number one ranked player coming out of high school, and then he tore up everything in his body, so... Uh, but uh, okay. this team is not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a 35-win team this year. Ooh, my goodness. I was thinking they would hover around 500. I like Paul George-led teams, man. Paul George is a good player. He's great, but at the same time, it's 82 long games. He's had a had a history of injury. And in games that he sits out, which are going to be at least 12, you would think, right? They're not going to win a lot of those games. Yeah, yeah I guess, man. That's, that's tough. But speaking of Harry Giles, Josh, his team from last year, the Portland Trailblazers, are sitting at 44 and a half wins. Now, obviously, this is a team who did, uh, uh, you know, they've been in some a lot of drama this summer. They brought in Larry Nance to try to make Dame happier. They brought in Cody Zeller, which is just weird. And they re-signed Norman Powell. 44 and a half, man. Seems kind of high. This is the biggest stay away, obviously, because you have no idea what's going to happen with their guards and whether one of them is going to get traded, if not both. But if they keep these guys and they just go for another, what, first or second round exit... And I could definitely see them being over because this team does have a lot of talent. They have, you know, chemistry. They played together for a amount of years, you know, what, two or three years now. And in terms of this overall roster with like, you know, Covington and Nurkic and then bringing in Nance to potentially be like a small ball five or potentially a four as well, I think improves them. But, you know, with the uncertainty of the situation with um, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and if they're finally going to break those guys up, I would probably take the under, but knowing how stubborn Portland has been, maybe a trade doesn't happen this season. They win 48 games again, and they're the fifth seed in the West, and they look exactly the same as they have the past couple of years. Ugh. Ugh. Well, I'm taking the under. Under, under, under. Uh, I think there's there's new coach. There's, I want to say a disgruntled superstar, but a superstar's future that's very uncertain. 
So I, I personally think this is just a recipe for an underperforming season. Uh, I think the line is kind of set right at the middle. If they did keep this core intact, they'd probably go slightly over. If they didn't, they would go way under. And I'm actually betting that they're going to make a big move in the, at least within the first 25 games of the season. So I'm going to take the under. Damn. It'd be interesting if they actually turned out to be like a Ben Simmons, uh, you know, trade destination, right? It's, it's that too being said, obvious to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't and, foresee it happening either. This, this team and is one of those teams of, sort of like Denver where their stars play in pretty much every game, right? So if they do that, I think it's an easy over. But again, with the uncertainty, it's hard to say. So this is a true stay away for me. And yeah, and also you got to remember that uh, Portland's not a city for young socialites like Ben. So even if he ends <laughs> up getting traded there, I think you just hold out or do something stupid. Maybe well, refuse he, to shoot again. He just wants to go to one of the one of the three California teams, you know? In no so particular dumb. order. <laughs> so dumb. Moving on, guys. Let's talk about an actually fun team to talk about. The Memphis Grizzlies, Roger. Grit and grind. Not so much grit and grind, but, you know, whatever. These modern Grizzlies, they do a little bit of grinding. They're at 41 and a... 41 flat. Wow, not even a half win. That's that's just strange. But Memphis Grizzlies, what did they do this summer? They got rid of Jonas Valanciunas. Goodbye to New Orleans, which we'll talk about after. Uh, brought in Steven Adams, which is going to be weird. Jarrett Culver, which is all right. And lost Grayson Allen. So, Raj, 41 wins, pretty much where they were last year. They're going to win. And they're going to win. They're going to win more than 41 games. Uh, it's almost, uh, I would say, uh, a mute point that this team is now past the stage where. Um, they need to prove themselves. Now it's just about performing at uh, an elite level. And I think they have the right pieces. They have the right culture. Um, they're, they have young players like in Brandon Clark. Hopefully Jaron Jackson Jr. stays healthy. Um, obviously, uh, having one of the more young, promising point guards um, in Morant is going to be massive. And they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I think they make the playoffs. I think they go just over 44 wins, but uh, I think they make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. I am a Memphis Grizzlies truther. I believe that they are going to be a very solid team this year. And usually in year two or potentially year three is when, you know, top level point guards take another step up. And we saw that with Morant in the playoffs last year. And now he's got to do it throughout the course of the regular season. And the Grizzlies made the playoffs last year despite Jaron Jackson barely even playing throughout the course of the season. And I think the biggest storyline with them is whether he's going to sign his contract extension and how much they offer him. Because he could be one of those like Steph Curry type of stories in terms of contract extensions to where he gets paid a lot less than what he's ultimately going to be worth in the future because of his injuries. So right now the rumor is they're offering him around like four years, $80 million. And he might be worth like in the $120 million range if he becomes the player that they ultimately expect him to be, you know, a power forward slash center that can shoot threes and defend the basket. And Steven Adams, I think, is going to really free up John Morant to do what John Morant does because he's the best screen setter in the NBA. And he's going to be able to lay the wood on all these point guards or all these, you know, swing men that are trying to guard John. John's going to have more space than he's ever had in his career. So I think ultimately the Grizzlies are in a very good trajectory and they're not even trying to win this year based on the trades that they've made, but they have so much depth because of all the great draft picks that they've made that they're going to be really good this year. 
They might be like uh, one of the deepest teams in the league, right? Like at every position, they're at least one or two, or probably two, maybe three players deep, including the starting five. So, yeah, easily over forty-one, man. This is a at least a forty-four win team, I would think. They should be well over five hundred, especially like you guys have both mentioned already. Uh, a team that's like better continuity than most in the league. So, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd hit, I'd hit way over on this. Also, this is the one team that's primed to make a massive trade because you have so many guys, like so many young good players. Mm. Like Desmond Bain destroyed the summer league this year, and he was handling the ball. And he's not going to handle the ball as much on this team, obviously, but he's a guy that would be really valuable to a lot of teams. And you could package a lot of these guys together, like even a guy like, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Dylan Brooks, obviously, but <laughs> he played well in the playoffs. So he has Dylan's value. Good, man. His contract looks good now. I thought he was a massive overpay last year, but he actually looks good now. But uh, Dylan's an excellent player. This is the team that should be trading for Bradley Beal whenever he becomes available. That, that was literally what I was going to say. Like, that was word for word what I was going to say. I don't know if you're cheating off my notes or whatnot. I have access um, to your computer. Yes, I, I should be afraid. Um, but, like, uh, <laughs> again, I think the one question mark this year is, does Memphis roll with Dylan Brooks as their shooting guard for the future? Um, and I think they'll they'll see how things work out. They would be an excellent trade destination for Bradley Beal from a fit perspective. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think that would have been a match made in heaven. I think Bradley Beal would catapult that team to one of the top seeds in the West. It's a shame Dylan Brooks would not be a match made in heaven in Washington. He would join every other forward on that team. So <laughs> good luck, maybe guys. Maybe good it luck. works. Yeah, bring in a third team and you can might pique my interest. Also, uh, one last note before we move on. If they can jer- uh, turn Jared Culver into a player, I will be really impressed because they've done everything else with the players that they brought in. You know, with guys like, you know, Tyus Jones, Conchar, um, you know, Xavier Tillman, who nobody expected to play any minutes last year. So if they oh, can turn Xavier him into Tillman a player is too, nice. Yeah. you never know. Yeah. Could the Memphis Grizzlies be the new Spurs? Find out with this, development? this season. all right moving on this team oh i can't wait to shit on this team the new orleans pelicans guys (laughs) sitting at 38 and a half wins josh do your thing rip them up man you you had a lot of bad things to say about these guys two weeks ago so please summarize oh my god like their roster is an absolute disaster like their offseason i should say is an absolute disaster and what they did but if you look at their team and you look at the overall trajectory of Zion, you would expect them to take a step up this year as long as he's healthy. And if he becomes the elite player that everyone thinks he's going to be, you would think that this is the year where he, A, first of all, stays healthy and plays enough games to where he has a kind of, not LeBron impact, obviously, but a guy that's just truly unstoppable every game and can be a consistent performer for at least 80% of the year and pushes himself to that elite level. So if you get that, you would assume that they're going to win at least 40 games, despite the roster that he has around him. And my biggest question with them is who they're going to start at point guard. I'm not sure if they're planning to start Alexander Walker or if they're planning to start Devontae Graham. Um, I think if you start Alexander Walker, you could have a good little nah. mix there. Yeah. Nah. I mean, Toronto kid, he played really well last year. 
And now he doesn't have as much to compete against. Um, I think Devontae Graham's ultimately a bench player. He's a guy that just comes in and shoots threes. So on that note, I'm going to take the over because I want to be a contrarian and I believe in Zion. Nah, and oh boy. Raj looks so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You, you want to be contrarian to yourself? Then just correct your point. <laughs> I said they had a bad offseason. But the fact that Zion should, you know, level up to maybe a top 10 player this year, that should automatically be at least 38 wins, you would think. Especially with Ingram on the team, too. Yeah, but but I, I'm all for Zion being a good player and him taking another step. But, like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to put up, like, 80 points a game. Um, Like, th- this team is very, like, this team has two starters right now on their team. That's it. Have you forgotten about Jonas Valanciunas? Sure, sure. Three starters in 2014, two starters in 2021. <laughs> um, but, but all... 2014 joke, eh? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's circle. <laughs> hey, Jonas was nice year. last year. He was the reason why the Grizzlies actually mm. made the playoffs, okay? Wow. Yeah, no, no. He, he, JV was huge, and don't get me wrong, but he's going to take away touches from Zion. He's going to take away space from Zion. You don't have any really established... Uh, outside shooters you're really relying on Graham and Josh Hart to light it up um, Ingram obviously is the other player that um, he has very good value he's still really young I think he's what 24 25 um, and he's a good NBA player he's not a top 20 player but he's serviceable he can put up uh, good numbers and shoot a pretty good percentage I, I just think overall like what is this team good at what is the style of play they're gonna play who's gonna lead this team uh, those are all big question marks, and they also have new coaching and and a lot of question marks about if Zion's really going to stay past this year. And honestly, I, I think this team's going to implode. I think this is going to be a horrible season. I'm going to pound the under. 38 wins for this team is a lot. Yeah, I don't see how you can go over with this team, but I don't know if I'm going way under either. I, I think they're going to end up around 36 to 38 wins. I'm going under... For all the reasons you guys have already talked about, you know, lack of guard depth, uh, relying on Devontae Graham to be a, a major piece isn't my my idea of a good plan. I don't like pairing Zion with another big like Jonas. I mean, he's pretty much like Steven Adams, except with slightly more range. Overall, I, I just don't see how this team fits. I mean, Point Zion is literally going to have to do everything he can for this team to get them over 38 and a half, and I just don't see it. I love Zion. I think he's going to be incredible. I think he can shoot 60% from the field, but whether he can get this team to close to 500, I I highly doubt it, Josh. I highly doubt it. So I guess uh, uh, good luck to you, Josh. This goes on with another wild prediction of yours. Someone's got to do it. I guess we'll... Yeah, it's fair. Moving on, the Sacramento Kings. Raj, this is a special for you. <laughs> they re-sign... They, they re-sign Rashawn Holmes, Mo Harkless, and Terrence Davis. They draft Davion Mitchell, who, you know, tore up Summer League. And they traded for your favorite player, Tristan Thompson. The Sacramento Kings sitting at 34 and a half wins, my friend. Sometimes, I know this is not basketball related, but sometimes I look at the Sacramento Kings and I think Vivek just wants to have a, a like a TMZ coverage of his team or he wants to have a all-access Sacramento Kings version because the, the type of players they're bringing in are 
let's say characters, and I'm not saying good characters. But yeah. yeah, but uh, this, yeah, this the, roster is depressing. And and you know what's crazy? Sacramento's at least in the West Coast. They have pretty good weather year round. They're not too far away from San Fran, Oakland area. They should be able to attract top end talent. Like if this was a move for the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'll be like, okay, you know what? They they struggle to retain players. They have to re-sign their own. Um, so be it. But this team hasn't gotten better, hasn't gotten worse, always is in these trade talks, and somehow ends up recycling into the same loop of below mediocrity. Not even like Washington Wizards mediocrity of early 2010s. I'm talking about <laughs> going back to 2014. But I, I think this Kings team, 34 wins is really on par of what they should do. I think they probably ended up winning 35 games last season. You know what? I'm going to take them slightly under. I, I think there's going to be some moves. Luke Walton's going to get fired, some turmoil. 33 wings, hit the under. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> you know, I was listening to a podcast recently about Chris Webber and, you know, how he got to Sacramento and how he wanted to be on the Lakers. And then, you know, Sacramento management and players ultimately convinced him to stay with Sacramento. And I'm not going to say this is the same sort of situation with Ben Simmons, but I think ultimately Ben Simmons is going to be a Sacramento King. And I think that is going to push their win total up. I think that no matter who they trade for him, whether it's Halliburton or Fox, I think that with him coming in, he fits seamlessly into the type of roster that they're trying to build. I think he would actually improve their league worst, maybe historically worst defense. I think last year, and I think that sort of works if they do trade for him. So if that does happen, I can see them being around a 40-win team if that actually comes to fruition. So I'm going to take the over just because I think that Ben Simmons <laughs> is going to be a king at some point this year. At some point. This could be like at the trade deadline. You think it's going to last that long? No, no. I actually think it's going to happen around Christmas. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be De'Aaron Fox that goes back to Philly. If, the, if it is Sacramento, it's got to be De'Aaron Fox just for contracts, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's either going to be Minnesota or Sacramento that hits the over because they trade for Ben Simmons. So we'll see which one. I'm going to take over on both of them just to hope that one of that ha- one of those two situations happens. And then neither happens. Yeah, and he's going to end up staying in Philly or going to Portland and my, you know, my whole crowd's going to be screwed up. He's not staying in Philly. Like, for his own mental health, he won't stay in Philly. And uh, shame on you, Peter, for saying there's only three teams in California because we all know the premier destination is the fourth uh, Cali team. And he might end up going there, like Josh said. Hey, man, that wasn't me. That was all Ben Simmons saying that he wants to go to the one of the LA three California teams. Sorry. That's all Ben Simmons, man. It's not my fault. He doesn't know geography, okay? I'm looking forward to whichever reporter asks him about that first. Which of the three <laughs> LA teams were you referring to, sir? Imagine, oh my God, imagine Ben Simmons on the Lakers. Jesus Christ, that would be awful. Whew. I would love it. Actually, I kind of like this Kings team, man. I might be in on this team even without Ben Simmons. What? I'm going to go, even if they, even if they don't get Ben Simmons, I'm going to slight over. What did watch, Einstein say about insanity again? It spreads. It spreads <laughs> from Josh to Peter. <laughs> How do you like this roster? Have you seen their bench? Oh, my God. I, didn't say, I don't like their bench. I just like, like the lineup, man. I just like firepower. You give me Darren Fox and, and Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton with another year. Darren Fox looks bigger. He's faster. 
he's better. My boy Harrison have, Barnes, the Black Falcon. You have um, Marvin Bagley riding the bench. Dad tweeting away him. for another year. Just don't need Marvin Bagley. He's fine. He can stay on the bench. I he's still think gonna Bagley's going to be a good player on a different team. Yeah, he needs a change of scenery. Uh, the only issue about this team, I don't, I really don't like, is Tristan Thompson. So that's my res- my main reservation because you know wherever he goes, I just don't like it. But you know, I'm I'm gonna buy in on this team this year. It's changed. Tristan Thompson is gonna be in the health and safety protocol the entire year. <laughs> and you know what? That's probably better for this team. Moving on, we're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves sitting at 34 and a half wins. Josh, since you love Carl Anthony Towns so much, I'll, I'll let you take over with this one because. I don't see it. I think they're going under 34 and a half, but I don't know. Knowing you, you probably think they're going to hit 50 wins. This team is also going to trade for Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's going to be them or the Kings, right? And again, like if he gets traded to the Timberwolves, like having him and Cat together is really dynamic. And, you know, especially if you're able to get rid of Russell too and have like a taller, you know, more lengthy, defensive-oriented team. They can build around towns to sort of you know, make sure that you have the talent around him that can defend and not portray a lot of his weaknesses on defense. And Anthony Edwards is going to take another step up in his progression as well. I like Jaden McDaniels a lot too, but they might have to trade him for Ben Simmons. Um, I don't really like the roster that much, but because I am a believer <laughs> in Towns, I like Beasley too. Um, and I think they're going to trade for Ben Simmons. I'm going to say over. This guy made predictions on three different teams trading for Ben Simmons. Three One of them's going to be teams. right. You, you, you know, Josh, if you, if you say half the league, or not even half, if you say 11 out of the 15 teams in the West are going over, you must say that one of the teams we're going to talk about later is going to have zero wins. Actually, I think most of uh, the teams like, to be under, to be honest. So, Except for the bad uh, teams. I don't know about that. I think you're about half and half right now. Oh. All right, but, but, but th- this team, just to... To really get to the point, because I'm running out of patience, and I would be too if I was a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Uh, this team is definitely not hitting over. Um, I think there's always going to be question marks around D'Angelo Russell's health. They're not going to trade Russell for Simmons. I don't think Daryl Morey sees a big upgrade, and I don't think the value is there. Um, essentially, you're saying you're trading Ben Simmons for Andrew Wiggins. That's essentially what you're saying, and I don't think that's the return they're looking for. Uh, you're much better off looking for a player like Fox or Halliburton, uh, someone who probably gives your team a bit more upside. This Timberwolves team is a mess. I would not want to go near them um, with uh, anywhere near 34 wins. Uh, and you know what? There's probably going to be a new Call of Duty out or some version of whatever that game kids play nowadays, and they're probably going to tank to 31 games um, because of that. So... Um, this team is all about having fun and getting paid, not about winning games. I want to see Ben Simmons go to this team just for one reason. The retribution story with him and town just coming together and being like, you know, fuck the media. We are going to go out here and prove, prove everyone wrong. And we are going to create our own little super team in minus 30 degree Minnesota. That sounds awful in all <laughs> sorts of times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hard pass on the Minnesota Timberwolves this year, 34 and a half. Uh, let's let's get a crack in here. Let's finish off these last three teams quickly. Raj, the San Antonio Spurs are sitting at 28 and a half wins. They brought in... <laughs> let, let me just read this team off for you. 
They brought in Doug McDermott, Zach Collins, Bryn Forbes, came, Bryn Forbes came back, which I did not know about, Chandler Hutchison, Al-Farouk Aminu, and Thaddeus Young. Obviously, they lost DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Trey Lyles, whatever. This team is sitting at 20 and a half wins. Uh, I, I don't even know what to think about this San Antonio Spurs team anymore. Raj? I'll tell you what to think, and that's under. Uh, that's all I have to say. This team doesn't have enough NBA talent. I feel bad for Popovich. I think this may be the last year. Damn. Yeah, I am also going under. This is also a, another potential destination for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, it is. Oh, my They got DeJounte goodness. Murray. They got, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, the other guard. Th- Derek White, right? So this a could little, be a dark horse yeah. team for Ben Simmons, but even if they get him, they're not going over. So under. And Popovich yeah, is going to retire after the season, too. It certainly seems like it, right? I think we're all in the under camp and uh, probably promote Becky Hammond to head coach. That would be a nice change next year. She's been there long enough. Seems to have a good rapport with all the young players. It gives us some that reason will... to talk about them because this year we're not going to talk about them at all. Yeah, that's the biggest headline coming out of the Spurs. Let's go to the other team in the Southwest, please. Oh, yes. The... The Houston Rockets sitting at 25 and a half wins. They've already declared that John Wall will not be playing for this team this upcoming year. They're looking for trade destinations. He's not—he's legit not playing. That's just where it is right now. So otherwise, this team. Okay, I have to jump in here. I—I I, want to tell Josh on the same magnitude of predictions, the Houston Rockets will be the best team in Texas this year. Yeah, just like last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like last year. Okay. This is going to be the true test of can you trade any contract? I know we've talked about in the past with John Wall previously in Washington (laughs) and Russell Westbrook multiple times, you know, before Chris Paul was in that conversation, Blake Griffin. I mean, ultimately, Blake Griffin wasn't traded, so maybe he was the ultimate test case in that situation. But two years left at $91 million, who would trade for him? I, I don't see anybody possible. Maybe like... Kevin Love for John Wall? I don't know. Philadelphia. No. P- Peter, yeah. Is, is, is Ben Simmons a possible ben trade Simmons. destination? Rockets over with Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, it could happen. I'm taking the over Yo, if they regardless. get Ben Simmons, they're going over. <laughs> I'm taking the over regardless. Because this team, even though it's filled with young players, this is the type of team, there's always one team every year at the end of the year they surprise a bunch of teams because they play a really fast style that scores a lot of points against teams that are not trying to win. So just based on that, I think this is going to be that team. It's not going to be San Antonio. It's not going to be Minnesota. So I'm going to take a slight over with Houston. <laughs> I'm hitting the under and I'm going to enjoy my life um, with these two teams in Texas being garbage. Maybe I get to see a few games if I end up visiting Dallas or Houston. So, uh, you know what? This is going to be an under. I'm going to go also... I think they have around 25-26. So, maybe a slight over. Maybe a slight... I'm going slight over. I like Jalen Green and I like Christian Wood. And I think they're going to be able to trade John Wall for somebody good. They're going to be league pass darlings this year. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be so fast, man. Like, this is what the the Rockets should have been post-James Harden, right? So uh, it took an extra year for them to get there, but this is what they were trying to do, and I'm here for it. The last team, led by Shea Gildas Alexander, the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
are sitting at 23 and a half wins. I really don't know what they did this summer. They drafted Josh Giddy and let go of Al Horford. Did they do anything else, Josh? I... Uh... Apparently, they got uh, Derek Favors. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I mean, this team. Uh, I I don't know, man. They let go of Moses Brown. I'm going under 23 and a half wins because they want to go under 23 and a half wins. There's no reason to even talk about this team. It's just. This is endless thing, right? Hard under for everybody, I'm assuming. Yeah. I think there's only one storyline with this team. Is that how are they going to build their relationship with Shea Gilgis-Alexander if they're telling him every single season he can't play in the second half of the year? So I think that's going to be a storyline in the latter part of the year next year. Because this year they obviously sat him out with his alleged plantar fascia problems, which didn't really <laughs> seem like they existed. But I don't think they can do that two consecutive years. And if they don't, then you have him and Lou Dort together in the backcourt. And they could potentially surprise some teams, but ultimately this team doesn't matter. So, under. You know how they, they build that relationship? With a giant Brinks truck. I guess, but players want to play, right? You can't sit this guy out 40 games a year when he's healthy, especially with him being so young. He wants to build his own you know, reputation in the league. Yeah, Go play for Team I- Canada. That, that, that's the second biggest story. I think the biggest one is how are they going to cater to Bronny, Bronny James? Uh, that's probably going to be their draft pick eventually, and that's probably what they're looking forward to uh, and hoping he's a reincarnation of LeBron. Um, so that's probably what the main storyline is going to be. So you're saying LeBron James' last team in the NBA is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Interesting. Ooh. Hot take. Now we're talking. The Oklahoma City Thunder might actually trade for Ben Simmons, you know. It's possible. Shave <laughs> for could Ben. Give up. This could be the ultimate Sixers move. Get back all the draft picks they traded away. Get like eight <laughs> draft picks back. <laughs> for Ben Simmons. Oh, man, that'd be great. Guys, we went extra long on this episode. This is well over an hour right now. Any final remarks before we end this Western Conference over under? <laughs> Ben Simmons is going to every team in the West. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, while this ha- while we were potting, Aaron Gordon signed four years, ninety-two million. Congratulations to Aaron Gordon. It's a nice paycheck for you, my friend, for a guy who averaged eleven points last year. <laughs> Woo! Good for him. I mean, if it wins them the title, then great contract. Otherwise, totally worth it. I don't know if he's an above-average starter. He's a starter, above average. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's the defensive anchor the team needs, so I'm okay with it as the Nuggets fan here. Anyways, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us those comments. Leave us those five-star reviews. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace. Peace.